y'all. That's a pretty good cl- crowd applause. You right. know what I mean? That's, that's Let's go right into there. it right there. <laughs> I think that's it right there. Let me just boost up the music and shit. Yeah. Let's go. Hey, there hey. we go. Mega Late Show. Peace. Peace to the gods. Peace to all of us. Uh, thank you for tuning back in to the Mega Late Show. This is episode number 150. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put more applause down. It's a milestone. I mean, it's, right. sh- it's, it's wild. It's been a wild um, year and a half since late. Well, I guess it's been about a year since he left, but I was putting it down for a minute without him. Yo, I miss late in that. Mm. Like, late was one of my absolute favorite human beings in this country. Agreed. That's my brother forever. Oh, in fact, I'm fucking up. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, right, wait, wait, wait. Young, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the wrong things. Goddamn bad. It is. I, I'm hold sorry. on. This is the wrong shit. It, yeah. It defends itself. And if you're too stupid and too ignorant, and I mean, that's what's up, though. Paul Mooney again, no Willie Lynch shit. Willie Lynch shit. I'm fucking it all up, though. Yeah, what nigga, you should have went to jail and learned something. Should have went to jail and learned something. Here we go. Right. Introduction. What up, what up? I'm Adrian Young. I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And we are The Midnight Hour. And you are listening to Mega Late Show. Hey. Skirt. All right. <laughs> there we go. Now the official introduction has been done. Hey. There we go. 150. Yo, yo do you have the Molly drop? I do. Okay. I do. Okay. I don't have it on here, but I definitely do. I, I saved it. Yeah. You know, I gotta I gotta it. I gotta admit, yo, as much as I love Marley Mall, I don't like the Marley Mall party voice. Hey, what's up, bitch? Really? I'm not a big fan of it. It never was, even when it was back on a joint. Oh, hate Peace it. to you, Marley Mall. It's a drop that I got though. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. make sure that uh I tag Marley in his video. Oh <laughs> yeah. Let him let him know that I ain't appreciate him being in my yo, I chilled. Yo, shout out to the Mega Late Show. And, and shout out to you because you helped facilitate that. But the Mega Late Show, oh no, I want to go back to that same beat for a minute um but he, marley mall was straight up in this house for like six hours yep and and to to have that much time with just like a legend off of like an interview what was crazy is as much jewels as he dropped during the episode he dropped hella more jewels just talking to me yep and so, so yeah man that was dope but we had a lot of guests i wanted to since this episode number 150 i did want to re recap a couple of people we've had on our first guest interview was not in studio but it was you know face to face it was with maceo of de la soul yeah and and um like maceo and like marley mall a lot of the dope guests that we've had on the podcast have been due to um our our relationship with you and speakeasy now you you um you know i asked maceo myself but you definitely facilitate the marley mall joint mark de clive low um came through even though yo that first conversation like, can I can I just tell you guys a little bit how much of a goon I am? <laughs> so like I'm you sitting need to there. Tell us. I, I know, I know, but people might need to know a little bit Safe more. Space. So I'm I'm chilling, I'm chilling, and I walk into Speakeasy. It's early. We're getting set up and everything like that. Nobody's really there. Mark DeClive Low is performing. This is when we were doing it at like uh, Bakura Yokoyama, that underground yeah, yeah, kind of hotel. Was, um, I forget the name of it. Koei? No, Oh yeah. So we was down there. Mark DeClivelo, one of the most incredible jazz musician, kind of fusion, hip hop, uh, electronic artist out right now. Japanese American type of cat. He's chilling. Japanese New Zealander. 
Oh, excuse He'll be me. Mad excuse at you. Me. He just lived in Los Angeles. He <laughs> nobody wouldn't, nobody yeah, wanted to be American. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, we there, and then Terry was like, "Yo, what up, Mega?" He's like, "Man, last night or last time you was so drunk. I remember <laughs> I walked up to you and he was like, where the bitches at now?'" Like, yeah. like, hold on a second, man. It's like, hold on. I'm uh, and I was completely sober at the time. This is this is before my like three years of sobriety, right? Because I went sober for a whole minute. I'm back on my dean. Oh yeah, I was sober for three years because I w- I knew I was fucking up. But it was things like that. Like yeah. Terry was just like, "Yo, you was bugged out last time." But the problem was that every time I would get really drunk, I would feel embarrassed about things. But everybody would tell me it's a good time. Yeah. Like, "Yo, you was killing it last time." The jokes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I guess this is year four of the Mega Late Show though, yeah. and 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 it's fun. I miss late, and I I've been wanting to quit. I've been more I've been wanting to quit not to stop doing like content but to just kind of like do other things not associated with the now that it's only me it it make it feel kind of like yo it's like some narcissistic a little bit with the name right like megas megas late show (laughs) you know what I mean it used to be me and late mega and late show and now I just kind of feel a little bit, you know what I mean? Should I? Giving up is hard to do, man. <laughs> I would really say, man, something. don't, don't, don't walk away from it. I've also wanted to walk away from Speakeasy time to time. And Corona hit and I was forced to step back. And that made me realize exactly how much I didn't want to give up mm. Speakeasy. Because not only did I need it, other people were like, yo, I need it. I need it. And you, you, you. You may not see it, but you're doing folks a service. There's people that wait for you just to hear what you got to say and yeah, hear like, who you bring on here. MLS, uh, yeah. next MLS coming out, man. Right? Uh, Yo, you got any more of them on, MLS episodes? Man, come on, come on dog. Please, I'm, man. I got these cheeseburgers, man. <laughs> yeah. I got these cheeseburgers, man. Hey, um, I appreciate that, fellas. And I, you know, but I, but the thing is, I also want to keep rocking. I want to keep. I want the cheeseburgers. So if y'all hit me up, no matter what kind of cheeseburgers so love, y'all got, give him mean? his flowers so he doesn't quit and give up and say straight up, straight up. I, I just no, like a lot of it is like I want to focus on other content. I want to try to do different content, and I don't. I wasn't sure if Mega Late Show was the same like path that it, like the thing that I wanted it to be. But isn't you know it supposed mean? to grow and change like that? That's we, we we make these things and we expect it to stay as these things that we want it to be and that we have this idea of it should what it should be but then once we make it just like kids yeah, we gotta to let say. them go and yeah, let it be what like it's gonna daddy, be <laughs> See, i'm still a young dad i guess i'm still a young father just just having like mls having you know that mega latency's like and then it just being you feels off yeah like the fact that it's that acronym and it's not like a one-man show you're right that is a part of it though that is a part of it but that's why know, i got secret is, house uh, against the world yeah. now you know bah, 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 bah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like comment and subscribe secret house yeah, secret secret house. against yeah. the world tokyo yeah that's my yeah. shit right now though damn i ain't even introduced you guys let's i mean everybody hey, know i need no what, introduction I am the doctor. I was gonna sample that part of the last episode where I was like, he was like Maurice Shelton, and then we was doing the Marlowe thing, and I was like, go down to the UFC gym so you can whoop your ass. <laughs> yeah, my man Maurice Shelton, actor, historian, um, yeah. 
semi-retired professional mixed martial artist, still a, a martial artist, still a trainer. Yeah, it never um, goes away. In a variety of things. And, and I whoop your f- ass for a fee. I don't whoop look ass at these, for Look free. at these joints right here, dog. Look at these joints. Show them those joints. You know what I mean? We did push-ups. No, but um, but you do a variety of things, and actually, Maurice has been on uh, the show a few times recently, and I've been loving the vari- like the I've been reaching out to him a lot because I like the energy that you bring to it, and um, I think we got a good little vibration type of thing happening <laughs> well, here. You. So it's good to have you back, my brother. Thank you very much. Yeah, good to have you back, Jed Axel. Jed don't like to talk about him, so so I'm gonna have to hype him up again and shit. So Hey, those all. So, so Jet is a person that has been doing the uh, Secret House Against the World, which is where we do um, kind of commentary on musical albums. I'd love to call them reviews, but mostly they're conversations about musical albums um, and music. And, and hopefully it'll become like things about pop culture and other things like that in the future. But Jet is also, um, he's a musician himself. He's a person who um, used to run a very like, yeah it's like a very a very crazy japanese music podcast right and so jet is one of the people that and i know a variety of motherfuckers out here that listen to japanese music but he's kind of a brilliant kind of genius when it comes to that he knows all the people in the same way that i know underground independent hip-hop so he's got uh, a great knowledge base on that he's also um Pitchfork plagiarized us recently. That was cool. Hey, oh. hot, hot. Yeah. Hey, you again. made it. You again, made it. Again, Did they again. Elvis you? The Elvis team? Oh, they Elvis right. us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Pitchfork. Fuck Nathan You. Let's get it. That's hey, right. right. Nathan, but he's also watching you. He's also yeah. like a beautiful person. He does modeling. You've probably seen him on like Uniqlo ads or on videos with people who are like hella like good He looking drinks my milkshake from time to time. Conventionally okay, that, beautiful. That <laughs> no even. I, I don't drink. even know where to go with that. Wait, where is that reference from? Is that from uh, there, "There Will Be, be blood? blood"? Okay, yeah. I, I didn't know if that was a Khalees or, or I mean, like. Oh, <laughs> those who know our know. Milkshake brings Jet to the yard, <laughs> and it's a great like, model, great figure in entertainment, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm man. pleased to actually share um, the camera with him. We have, I mean, yeah, first yeah. time. That's how we met, yeah. No, no, second I was, time. I was out with Jet, like, just drinking street beers a couple weeks back, and I was surprised. I thought he was going to be getting all the women and shit, mm. but it was all dudes, like, looking at him like, that's a <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty yeah. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, the, the Afro is, you know, it's an important cultural signifier in the Western world. In Japan, it's like owning a nice car. Like, yeah, you think yeah. people are going to be, like, paying attention to you, and instead it's just dudes. Yeah. I was like, yo, I'm out with Jet tonight. We in Ike Bukuro, the red light district. There's all types of ladies and shit. I'm looking real good. And then, like, it was just mad Surprise. dudes. Like, and they're trying to sneak it, too, like, with the side eye, like, but, like, follow him the whole way around the corner. I'm like, what? Is this your life, Jet? Is this how you live your life? Used to it. Yeah. Oh, word, word. Like, Welcome to my life. It's all word. good, man. And, up, and and all that to say that man today is um since this episode number 150 i did want to bring on a person who was very dear to me and special um to this japanese community He's a pillar a pillar of the community and one of the most influential cats um especially brothers this ever set foot in japan man the legendary oh hold on let me oh, let me get the applause drop the legendary brooklyn terry that's boop, boop, funny. Boop, boop. Can we call me a legend after I'm dead? And just, 
I just be. Hey, I think I actually flowers to the people while they're here. And you know, Grand Mega Flowers, man. I'm the all time, all time heavyweight champion of the flowers. Grand Mega Flowers. I'm the leading champion. I'm the leading scorer in six statistical categories of giving flowers. That's what's up, man. Yeah, you know where I got great. I got the name Grand Mega Flowers. You know where I got Grand Master Flowers, right? But but Terry, before you tell us and thank us and, and be humble like you usually do how you <laughs> typically are i just want to take a moment to to kind of let people know a little bit about our relationship right now i met you i met you um through late through speakeasy yep. and and you've been on the podcast before and there was a malfunction we went out to your studio yeah. and machida and there was a bit of a malfunction which caused us to lose about 20 minutes of the recording right and and when I met you and when I did that recording with you, I knew a few things about you. Yeah. I know that you were involved in the dance community. I know that you were an influential figure, but I didn't know much. In fact, in that recording, I, I even at one point I called you a B-boy. And I did it not in the sense that you weren't a B-boy, because to me, anybody who has that B-boy stance is a B-boy in, in our era. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Even if you didn't throw fucking wrist 90s, you, you I'm a B-boy standing my B-boy stance type most, of shit. Most B-boys never threw wrist 90s. Just I mean, I, hey, check out the <laughs> photographs, though. Uh, I mean, I'm, I do those. I used to do those, right? I used to hit the wrist 90s, easy. But, um, but... I called you a b-boy and that was kind of a, a a misnomer because you're more prominent within the the house dance community house and and, and you were a part of you grew up in the in the at your youth you were growing up in the 80s during the kind of real flourishing and explosion of hi the the hip-hop and house community yeah. which were intertwined a lot of people don't realize that how intertwined those were up until like 91 when cnc music factory and then the hip hoppers decided that house was not allowed in the hip hop parties actually what, what happened was they decided what they decided was i don't want people to see me enjoying house because house is gay okay i mean that's, that's, that's what a major was decided reason you, you're absolutely right about that right that's that's the thing that was decided but yeah i so i'm old Put that out there. Um, we all, uh, Jet, old. the only one that can't yeah, say that. I'm old. Jet, yeah, yeah. Um, you gotta, you, you, you can do it in a little young. bit of time, yeah, right? You still got like two uh, in your age. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Give me another what, three hundred days. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you hit thirty. I'll be, I'll be old. Three, that's a Hold year, on, man. <laughs> Congratulations, you've made it. <laughs> right. Give me another. Hey, man, your hips gonna be hurting for no 70. reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> shit. But but yeah, you you're so, an older cat. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on about your old ass. But your old ass. I, so I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, raised in Brooklyn, New York, and I some some of the stories that I have and just was living as my life, I didn't even know until like the past ten or fifteen years. Like, wow, oh that's what I was seeing. One of those stories is like the person you got your name from. Right. Grandmaster Flowers. I went to this, uh, my elementary school was PS44 in Brooklyn, New York. Bed start, do or die. You know what's up. Before it go. was gentrified. <laughs> Bed start, did or die. Before it was gentrified. Check out right. our so, review of Bed Star is Burning by <laughs> yeah. Sky Zoo yeah. on this YouTube channel that you are currently <laughs> watching. That's true. Check that Secret out. Secret House Against the We talk the about world. gentrification quite a bit. So, this. Uh, hey, f no, okay. I'm my not, I'm my sister used to take me to these park jams in my elementary school park 
I didn't know who I was listening to. This is like 1978. So you actually was seeing like Grandmaster Flowers. This I That's was going and listening to Grandmaster Flowers, and I didn't even know. And then my mother and my sister would take me to Far Rockaway to Reese Beach, and Grandmaster Flowers was playing there too. So he was like the big mm-hmm. dude. Right around the corner from my grandmother's house was Fab Five Freddy, who also used to come to those blocks. Like, and this yeah, is the man. world I was growing up in, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a thing. It was just it's life. Just life, yeah. You weren't you weren't doing hip hop. You were just being a, was, a yeah. black youth in bro in the in, yeah, a, in Brooklyn. Yeah. That's like that's why when you call me a b boy, yeah, I think I not not to big myself up, but I honestly think I'm a b boy in a purest sense because I didn't have to consider being a b boy. It was just like yeah. I mean, is. I still call myself b boy <laughs> Omega Legs, and I haven't hit a six step in six years. <laughs> but it's because I come from that tradition. Like yeah. I I was I was one of those I am hip hop heads. But but one of the things that I wanted to point out about that you coming from that era is that you have been around for a long time. You have seen the community change. Yeah. And and you also have been wildly influential about it. And I wanted to kind of ask you because you're the kind of the youngest member of Elite Force crew. Yeah. So so all of the people in Elite Force <laughs> that means, crew. That right? just means the motherfuckers yeah. is old. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it also it also means when they was doing the remember the time choreography and dance your mother wouldn't let you leave school to <laughs> be a part right. of that yeah. music video as well yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that, i mean that's just one aspect or one thing that terry has done everybody knows the fucking remember the time video magic johnson was in that i didn't Eddie do murphy it. i didn't do it Iman I'm, was I'm in not that. in it you know, my crew was but, in it but but you know because his mom wouldn't let him cause, but that that is the lineage that you come from yeah. and um I do. I, I kind of want to. I wanted to. I wanted to start more with like the name and and, and your name because I wanted to get into your new name. But before that, can you kind of tell us how long you've been in Japan? Oh man! Or coming to Japan, My, uh, and and start start with your crew. Like how long dude. have y'all been coming? Because I know you so. <laughs> and the reason I'm so, trying to frame it this way is because you're so humble. I know you're not going to want to give yourself props, but I want you to kind of lay out how influential. Your, you and your crew's influence has been yeah. to Japan. So I think the mo- one of my crew members, the first time, my boy Voodoo Ray. Oh, rest, rest in peace. Voodoo Ray. Voodoo Ray. Ray. Rest, rest in, in peace, peace, man. Rest in power. Um, he, the first time he came here was like 91 with two in a room. Remember that group, two in a room? He came here with two in a room in 91. And what then an incredible life. Stretch and Link and Loose Joint came in 92. I think Khalif also came in 92. Uh, they just came to do Dance the Light, which was the first Dance the Light to have ever been done. If you guys know what Dance the Light is, if you don't know, Google it. It's kind of Dance the Light is probably the reason that the rest of Asia is doing hip hop because of, you know, at the end of the day, everything is economics. Japan at the time had the economic power to create those shows and yeah. sell and, well, create those shows and record those VHS tapes, sell those VHS tapes, and then market them, and they were sold around Asia, which helped to spread hip-hop dance and house dance around Asia. My crew did the first, first one. Jeez. Then, Skip a little forward, like you know, folks are back and forth, but skip forward to 1995. That was the first time I came, and I came. How old, about how old were you at I this time? I was 22 years old. Hey, young, a very young, fresh and green, a young mustache. I was, yeah. and I was a bad, 
bad, <laughs> bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Go I on. I was bombing mm. up like grapes. Let me start. <laughs> <laughs> I was like Caliglia, you know, yeah. popping up like grapes. Yo, so I came here. We came with Mariah doing um, the fantasy tour. Oh. Oh wow! Damn, sweet, sweet fans. Sweet, it was sweet, very sweet. I was um, three years old. Shut, <laughs> yo! I was funny. I have a daughter who's three years younger than you. My yeah. oldest daughter is twenty-five. Hi, Miyabi. Ninety-five. Hey, shout out to the daughter as I'm yep. about to talk tell y'all about what <laughs> I was doing with Mariah <laughs> back when I was uh, fifteen years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like a little thirteen, Sir. looking at that <laughs> uh, honey so, video. So there are children watching this podcast. <laughs> this is a family audience. Yeah, 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 it's a Christian yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. Whatever. Put that little black <laughs> away. Put that little. Hey, hey yo, kids, my, how you think you got here? <laughs> yo, 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 can I ask a can I ask a legitimate question yeah, that I don't that? know the answer to and yeah. it's kind of weird to not know it? Uh, is Mariah Carey black? Yes, she is. Her She's father, half yeah. black, right? Her father is darker than me. Yeah. And, and her mother is a white woman? Her mother's a white woman. You about to hit a, so you about fine, to hit a tangent right here, really? man. She's so, so fine. It's dog. funny because I always loved her. No diss, Mariah, love you to death. No diss, but if for me. If I saw, uh, you can see in New York City, you see a thousand Mariahs walking down the street. It's care. just, it's, it's just like care. that. It's like Nike. It's branding. Well, she was just like one of the women that was on television that looked different than some of the other women. Yeah. Yeah. You got to remember at that time with the, the women, it was, they was trying to tell me to be attracted to Cindy Crawford's old flat ass. Wow. They was trying to tell me to be attracted to Pamela Anderson's old balloon boobies. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? And that's why well, I remember when wow. J-Lo started blowing up. Like, oh, she got booty. I was like, yo, Farnesia got mad booty compared to J-Lo. And I wasn't, it wasn't something new for me that for girls to have booties. I was already attracted to that because the biological <laughs> Imperatives that was happening along it's in my body told me in your DNA. booty but is the answer. But see, I was always confused about Mariah because I didn't, I didn't know she was like some type of, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I never questioned it either. Vision of love, though, man. I, yeah. I mean, I. I, knew. I oh, that is a jam. Vision of when love, she had it, see when she had the hair, she just said, you know. No, I knew, and then it wasn't know, it laid later about all the stuff with Tommy Matola and all that, and then you know. Oh man, I got a great Tommy Matola story. <laughs> there you go. This is the thing. Segway. Oh my God! Wait, see, wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no! Stop it! Pause it! I, I, I took us on a whole different tangent. Yeah, I told you. Tell you us about be ninety. I'd be doing that. Tell me about ninety-five. You okay, being okay. here, goon maneuvers. Let's so, do it. Ninety-five. My crew. We were kind of um, famous for. Not just touring with the artists that we toured with, but wherever we landed, we would set up our own shop. We would set up classes, we would set up parties, and we did that especially in Japan because we already had Japan unlocked before Mariah ever came here. Like, we had our own show inside of Mariah's show, and we were featured as Elite Force inside Mariah's show because our fan base was so big and we were teaching a lot of the artists in Japan. One of those artists that we taught, his name is Sam from TRF, the group TRF. There you go. TRF, oh, hey. Right. I don't know TRF, that, but, but <laughs> shout out. Up, yeah. <laughs> right, that's a big, big, like, they huge, boy. that's Avex's first group ever. They, okay, okay. So, they made like some money with that. They, like, boy, I don't even get into that. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, so because of that, we were allowed to have our own show inside her show. And then what we would do is we would set up classes around the city. And this is before there were any dance studios 
except for like Broadway Dance Center in Japan. And we would set up parties. We would get DJs like DJ Kimbo. Shout out to Kimbo. Hey, episode number one something. He was on a podcast. Who for me is the best Japanese DJ. For me, top two in Japan is... He just won like an like Abina event or something like that. Yeah, he's not a game, man. He's... Man, check out the episode out. with him, man. He was telling us about how he bought like the far side out here before they were the far yep. side when they were dancers, yep. and then they, they were telling him like, "Yo, we're about to release an album, yep. the first far side album." Kimbo I mean, like, there, there's a there's a really amazing connection between Japan and the United States when it comes to hip hop culture and yeah. black culture. Yeah. In fact, if there's any other group of people other than black people that made streetwear fashionable, it was Japan. Yeah, especially I mean, when it comes to the sneaker scene. Economic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> from its origins, you know what I mean? And even like moving into the early 2000s, you Economics. know, I mean, it's like Pharrell and Nigo, yeah. like, yeah, in indeed, Boys indeed. Club, like, Bape, that whole scene, like, economics, money. You know, you know, <laughs> people say economics, and my first thought is like, let's go political. But I didn't, I really, I decided today, yeah, I, like, I, I decided like, today not to go political with this. I'll do it for you. <laughs> I, I said that too, though, right? I said, he go there, I'm going to go there. There's, there's a lot to be said, but, like, I do think, ultimately, like, one thing I love about here and a reason why I got so into the music scene out here is that there is a genuine love and appreciation for what we do. Uh, I, I'm, I'm claiming a lot right now by saying says we, about this, yeah. But, I, no, I, I think a lot of the people yeah. out here who are into hip-hop Oh, genuinely they, they, they invest their entire being into wearing that costume yeah yeah a lot i mean a lot of it they don't they don't get <laughs> but, any closer to the 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 distance but you're from santa gaia like you're not going to be like living any kind of even semblance sure. of a you know quote-unquote hip-hop lifestyle it's completely yeah. performative yeah. but, but like, before that's how japanese people but, invest in okay, their hobbies so when i was in in the and I'm not even the earliest, but when I was coming here earlier, what hip hop was, was, and this is like just, just like the bubble had just popped. But what hip hop was, was way more or way less performative then. Mm. Turntablism was huge out here. Turntablism right? was huge. They were selling more than guitars. Right. Um, what D- DJ, were going, to, to, to place a timestamp, like this is. DJ Honda has already been doing turntables. He's already gone to New York and performed. He's already created a kind of musical bridge. Muro Um, is doing doing that shit too, right? With Marley Mall. And there's already this bridge forming. And you and your crew are forming the dance dance aspect of it. So everybody, like we always talk about the elements, the elements of hip hop, right? Um, Most of... For example, my boy and another one of my extremely close friends here in Japan, DJ Congo. Congo was a dancer. Congo was taught by one of my crew members, Khalif, Big Leaf. Shout out to Big Leaf. Yo, Dance Big Fusion. Leaf. Dance Fusion. How come I ain't on your Facebook page no more, dog? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> no, you mad got... at me because I asked you to hang up those lights at that speakeasy <laughs> that one time while you was busy? I'm sorry, dog. I'm sorry. 
I know you got 5,000 friends already. You had to delete some to add other <laughs> no, people. No. But I he got taken cut. off of Facebook. Oh, okay. They, I thought they, he just, they just jacked uh, his face up. My bad, Big Leaf. Yo, <laughs> love and respect. <laughs> so, but, like, so people were doing more than one element, and they did it from their heart. There was no money involved, which is always a big tell. It's always a big tell. So... I mean, Congo, that was the culture at the time, right? too. Yeah. Everybody did more than one element. Exactly. And Congo would get out there and rock on the dance floor in the party and then go home with somebody's girl. Because Congo <laughs> is the fucking man, son. <laughs> there go Congo right? again. Um, Not to pull Congo, like, not to put him <laughs> on blast, but Congo is called Congo for a reason. I'll tell you why Sounds he's called Congo. Congo when the cameras are off. Yes. <laughs> um, so, I don't know if I want to know. You do. <laughs> Shout you do out to Lumumba know. Patrice. So he, like the people Shut like the those guys, <laughs> people like those guys were, even though they had the finances, they still had this place inside their heart that wanted to be different than what was going on in Japan. They didn't want to be salarymen. They didn't want to follow that line that their dads and their uncles and everybody else did. So they they rebelled, and their rebellion was actual Very rebellion. Hip-hop. Very hip-hop. Right? That's a, that's Very a, that, that is That is a cornerstone of, of hip-hop culture. Exactly. But now, now the rebellion that people are fronting about fronting with is, are, is just to flex on the gram like you just that's not rebellion dude Eric, erico followers erico of sneaker Erica's girl sneakergirl.com actually she she actually made mention of this and she even told me that she dated voodoo ray for a yep. while too so yep. shout out to erico check out that episode she made an emphasis on saying that before there used to be this kind of rebellious being an outsider being different yeah. but now she says that people are being People wanted to be outside of the box before, yeah. but now people want to be different inside of the box within so, a certain set of exactly. parameters. People wanted to be outside of the box, but those people outside of the box built their own box, and now everybody has to live like them inside that that box that they built, which is fucking. So you're just of, a hip hop salary yeah. man. Instead of instead of freaking no, your own style, shouts out to hip hop salary men. <laughs> I, I think that's the name of the episode. I'm not sure yet, but yo, shout out to the hip hop salary person. <laughs> so so yeah, how you feel about so, like when you go down to Mizunokuchi Station in Kawasaki uh-huh. at like two in the morning, and, and there's like. Talent. But Two hundred people but, but breaking out there. But so, that's also that's also like foundation. Those are like legit b boys that yeah. come from this new type of b-boy culture yeah so the, those so they have that at machita station they have people like freestyling on the street and what we have to well there's some things that we have to think about them all of those kids that you see are university kids which is like mind-blowing for me and they they won't be doing this in the next five years that's one thing that we have sure. to remember this is not a lifestyle a this function. is a club function it's a it's an activity it's a social activity sure. yeah. yeah so and out of all of those guys, maybe 1% will continue to do it. And I know the people that I was coming out here during the 90s. Oh God, it's coming out that coming out my mouth because I don't want to be one of those dudes like, back in the day, I don't want to be that dude. <laughs> back in my day. Right? But I, I'm that dude all the time. I can look at that poster right behind you with Muro and oh, Watarai yeah. and Koji. So all of and these you. dudes and, and me you. and Kensuke and like all I met Kensuke in 1998 in Morioka. And guess what he was doing? 
He was DJ. Same shit, yeah. Shout out so, to Kensuke, man. So all of these Episode dudes that I was six. meeting. <laughs> all these dudes I had I was cats meeting. on this joint. Kensuke, Kensuke is another one in my top five best DJs in Japan. It's for real. He's I, right about that. There's, I can't help but laugh every single time I look at this poster because maybe about six months ago I was fucking a girl in Nakano. That's funny. And what I about those kids watching? Look. <laughs> I fuck fuck Christian. those kids watching. Fuck fuck, fuck them those kids. kids. Um, Michael Jordan. <laughs> I you gotta put the Michael Jordan gift there, like fucking kids. I <laughs> I my kids is my this kids. girl's phone's getting blown up. Oh my um God. and she's like, oh, this guy's been very into me lately. And it was Shin Shimokawa. It was of the... one of the names on that poster. It wasn't um, Shin. That motherfucker was in Ramel Z's band. He's in Death Comic Crew. He was in Ramel Z's. You band? don't know Shin? He's I, in Death Comic yeah, Crew. I with know Ram- Shin, but he was with really? Ramel Z. See, and this is the shit that that I'm talking about. Like these guys are still fucking here. You can we can talk about I, their economic situation and how they could pay to be into in these places that you know. As, as black folks, we couldn't pay to be in, but it was yeah. our places anyway, so we didn't have to. But this 30 years now, we're talking 30, knocking on 40 yeah. years, yeah, and they are still here. While a lot of these kids that I see out now freestyling and b-boying, they won't. Well, most be. of but the circumstance, I feel like the circumstances of a Japanese kid born in 2002 don't facilitate not, not at all. the ability to like You're right, commit to that kind You're of right. lifestyle. Can I can I just well, put I, my hand I up and say neither did ours. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but Terry, Terry this is I'd like to hear your thoughts on this actually because I usually say this and people don't really understand what I'm talking about because they don't understand the the cultural forces at play yeah. at the time, right? I usually say that my generation, uh, the first millennials, right? I was born in 83. My generation is also the last generation of four element hip hop heads. I, I totally agree with you. 97 is the year that I'm like entering high school. And you know, when high school, high school is when your formative years, you know what I mean? Hey, my me, bad. Man. I wasn't busting grapes. I was born grapes. in 92. Like, don't I look at me. I was busting grapes and uh, <laughs> uh, baby I, started, out window. I started busting my grapes like two years after that. But, Damn. but. I was a four element hip hop head that saw the trajectory towards this kind of uh, separation between what I perceived as hip hop culture and the commodification of art and the commodification of blackness and the commodification of all these things. And so we took the ball and we went underground. We didn't even try to teach the other kids behind us. We was like, fuck it. We going underground. If you don't figure it out, then good luck with the hot boys. And and then later it was good luck. And then we saw Lupe and we was like, kind of good luck and then 10 years later we saw j cole was like yuck but <laughs> but but we was also the Kendrick some credit Shout out to j. Cole. <laughs> i mean but but i was the last element of going Florida, from four going element from element to, to, to j not cole even, is a little not unfair even, not even late Kendrick who's, exists yeah i mean but but you know uh, what i'm just saying is a little bit of hate towards j cole because i do that but but Jermaine, sorry, not I, sorry. I just don't. You I want to close for you. neoliberals, old soft, just <laughs> inconsequential, good. non-book reading. I mean, come on, Doc. Oh, God. I mean, 
Anyways, but wait, wait. did he just say he wasn't gonna get political? <laughs> no, but 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 yeah. but there's a big difference even between me and late, who was like three years younger than me, yeah. because of that material difference in the conditions. Yeah. And I mean, and because of the thing we always talk about the radio, right? <laughs> right, right. That's right. the thing we always there talk about go. the radio. What's but, that? Um, <laughs> yeah. See. Right? What's the radio? And that blows my mind because everything you do today, musically, only exists because we will listen to the radio. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and that's my education comes from my father, who is to the, closer to your age London, than he is to mine. Dude, and they had like they had real pirate radio. Yeah, but my my yeah, and that's Shout that's out my to dad. Stitch. Like, pirate radio, uh sound systems, because he's Jamaican, like it's the sound system culture. It's the plugging your shit into a lamppost and competing with the crew at the end of the street. Shout out to Goldie. <laughs> big up, big up, Goldie. He was married to Bjork. I was not. Oh yeah. Shit. I don't know if they were married actually. Okay. Uh, Maybe common in law marriage. I want Bjork. Let, let me, let me, let me recenter this again though, Terry, because I want to get more perspective on this, man. So you've been. How long have you been in Japan, and how long I've have you lived, been running your studio? I've NDS? lived in Japan for sixteen years now. Since okay. Two thousand six. No, it's two thousand six. So yeah, fifteen years. Okay. Sixteen. And and when did you start 16. your NDS um, studio? So NDS literally stands for Nahoko Dance Studio. Nahoko okay. is my wife's name. Okay. Oh, um, so she. I was. Been, I thought the N stood for something else. No. <laughs> My bad. So, <laughs> New York dance studio. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's nah. it. No. So what it was is I. I'm gonna be real. I had zero. I probably minus five interest in owning a fucking dance studio. <laughs> Your shit is live though, <laughs> right? <laughs> Your shit is live. I had no interest in owning a dance studio. Why? Because I was living my life on the road, right? I was on the road constantly, and I have this thing about dance studios because when you own a dance studio you have especially as a dancer that is all about the culture first even before we get to the moves it's not just dance it's education it's, it's yeah and it's lifestyle exactly and then when you own a dance studio you have to play the game to make the parents happy and my mm. wife is awesome. So there's tap dancing involved even though it's not yeah and we got tap dancing in my studio too <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, it, it, it gets, even now, even now, it gets a little bit, like, emotionally difficult sometimes. And I got to roll my eyes and just go upstairs. So, she had been teaching choreography and stuff like that for a long time because she's a bit of a G. Um, Yo, I didn't even say, man. Shout out to uh, my man, Soul Dope 95 All the beats on this episode are brought to you by him. Yo, he's my sample, guy. That, I, that sample is Why Can't We Smile by... Hold on, hold on. Give me a second. Uh, you so good with the sample draws, too. I did this last time I was here. Jimmy Hammond. I mean, no. Jimmy Hammond? Johnny Hammond. Why Can't We Smile? I'm going to run it back. Sheesh. Magic Trip, Soul Dope 95, my man from uh, Cali. That dude's he's a wizard. A, that dude's a wizard. He, he's incredible, man. He's supposed to be making me an intro beat. It's been a couple yeah. weeks, my guy. Yeah, yeah, you if, know, if we pull that song my out, I'm going to play the original to Why okay. Can't We Smile. I, I, I told A Valley I had some shit for him like a month ago, and I haven't uh, sent it to him. So Okay, okay. Wait, wait, so, nah, nah, there's no there's no love lost, man. I know Soul Dope got, you know what I mean? Producers are slow as fuck. Yeah, I should yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, dope, man, but yeah. 
like so yeah it's she's been running that studio since she was about 15 like from her mom's house and she so i came in and i jumped on it's it's really her thing okay just there right which is why I went out and started my parties. Wait, was I drunk or something? Like, who who is the woman? You, is it your wife? You talking my about? Wife. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, am I? Not you know, my sobriety is off studio. Not not studio. Okay. <laughs> don't get. Don't get. Don't <laughs> Hey. Disclaimer. <laughs> I, 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 I thought that was it, but somebody's in my box. He was off that. the wagon. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but yeah, so back on my bullshit. So she's been running that studio since she was like 15. Um, and I'm about to blow her up. She's 44 now. So that's I told you, yo, four. last yeah. time I was hella drunk, but I was like, yo, Terry, like, how do you do it, dog? It's like, why your wife's so fine as hell? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what do you do, dog? Like, your wife is fine as hell. I was a pretty drunk last time we saw yo, each other, actually. You were perfectly drunk, dude. Like, it was like you were at that perfect level of... I'm not falling The Zen down. Master drunkness? Yeah, you were right Where my there. Kung Fu like, is really good? I mean, tell again. My wife was mad, but I was like, yo, everybody the next day told me I was great. Then when I went home, I was like, that motherfucker went drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, remember, I remember a few parts of the conversations, but I do remember this one with Terry. I was like, Terry, man, you were such an influence to me. I don't know how you do it, man. Why your wife so fine as yeah. hell? And I was just like... <laughs> because because what happened was the first time I seen her, like she was just walking by, I was with late. I was like, damn, dog. I'm telling you, they're making these Japanese women different. I was like, when they reach a certain age, they just ripen. And I was like, she bad. He's like, yo, that's Terry's wife. And I was like, that's my dog. I'm like, that's my dog. I was He's like, like I'm, not, I'm not I one know. of those people that trip about that shit because it's just like, well, I mean, you know, there's no, yeah. like, there's no malintent, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, yes, I was just like, yes. I was like, she's a beautiful human. <laughs> That's not a what you beautiful. said. I'm absolutely <laughs> she's sure. She's a wonderful <laughs> just human. Her soul. She's yeah. such a beautiful spirit from the inside. Soul. I could tell that she was. <laughs> oh a, my god, a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> keeper. Yeah. Diamond in a rough. No, but, but but you know what I mean. Back in late show. <laughs> I, I wanted to get reckless a little bit tonight. That's I wanted to get up. reckless. Oh, man. I, I took us. I'll be taking us all all the way off the con. <laughs> if you see her, you're gonna say the same thing. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, man, my man Terry just. That's why you out here succeeding. <laughs> he decided to stay. Change the subject. I mean, he the same one talking about Mariah Carey is everywhere in New York. Like, Yo, why wouldn't you go to New York? But it's for empty. real, yeah, for real. If you go to New York. If you Mariah Carey didn't sing and wasn't famous, she would just look like another girl from Long Island. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, only reason she Strong still looked that good Brandon. is because she got all that that billionaire money, all that money. So right, yeah. Jenny from the block. Yeah, Son, yeah. I told y'all about Farnesia. Damn, Jenny I from the block. Told y'all about Shit in comparison to yeah. the shit that's really happening in the Bronx. I ain't nobody care. I didn't think she was bad when she was a fly girl either, but <laughs> uh, but okay. So um. I'm gonna try to recenter it because we only got so much time here. <laughs> um, you gonna talk about his name? I want I want you to tell me a little bit more about your perception of house culture, not just in Japan but globally right now. So, like, cause it's different. Like, b boying is made it into the Olympics, yeah. which is fucking weird Corny. as shit. It's weird as shit to me, and the rules is weird as shit to Corny. me. And it's problematic. Emoji. But, Sigh. but it's it, it. I don't know much about house culture. I could tell you about b boy culture as an outsider because yeah. I haven't really. 
the closest I've got to it recently, my wife is a B girl. My wife is her crew is still one of the best crews in Japan, and and I gotta see her ex boyfriend on advertisements and shit. <laughs> it don't matter. Spon- I mean, he's ill. He's dope as fuck. But but, but I don't care. But you you know what I mean? I don't, <laughs> like, that's true. I don't like, care. It's either. not personal, but fuck that right, dude. Right. <laughs> hey, no, nah, I don't even gotta say that because I'll whoop his little ass. That little motherfucker ain't got shit on me, and that's yo, the only thing that matters. Yo, so you know, but, what? Okay. Actually, this is the perfect time to talk about this because it's Pride Month, right? The perfect time to talk about this. And there is no way to have this entire house culture without the LGBTQ community who, well, that's what we call them now. But before it was like just the gay community. Yeah. So what it was is it was the feminine to hip-hop's masculine and i've feminine, never heard it framed that way before but feminine it makes perfect doesn't sense. necessarily mean woman because we're all feminine and masculine right but that it was, was the soft side of what hip-hop was it was the escape for everyone like they built this place for even straight men and women to escape to yep. um that's where it started you know, kids and, don't know that. And kids, kids don't. Exactly. Kids don't know that. You, I kids mean, don't know that. There's videos of MF Doom rocking with KMD, and you know what's on stage? Fucking dancers. Yeah, exactly. I don't know when hip hop got scared of fucking having fun. And MF but I blame Doom, Illmatic. MF Doom and KMD. All of those motherfuckers used to be in the house clubs. They would be in the house clubs. Why? Because hip hop was violent, and especially like even like this is pre me going out before I was going out. Um, clubs like Latin Quarters, Rooftop, and all that shit, those fucking clubs were notoriously violent. So if you needed a break from that, you would go to where they were playing house music. And house was predominantly gay, but it was about having fun, being free, being happy, and just enjoying life. You know, one thing that I've noticed too, um, and largely thanks to you, even uh, DJ Spinner, Marley Mall. Yep. You know what's interesting? A lot of the older heads that are hip hop heads, yeah. DJ Scratch and shit, you know what they prefer to spin? House. House music. House. And, and not because they're like, oh, old, new hip hop sucks, because they're still making a lot of yeah. that shit. Scratch is was on the last Switch Beats album with a Nas track and shit. You know what I mean? But they prefer to play house i can there's video of some of the members of onyx in the house club dancing to house music they still had on a meme mug the old screw face no right it's rare to see <laughs> sticky, <laughs> fingers sticky fingers without it was sticky fingers <laughs> it was sticky let my hair at down. that time and he was a well what they now call a house dancer at that time and it, you know mm. it's, it's funny because we like it, it wasn't separate. You can go to this club called Sticky Mics and hear everything from dance hall through the house music and funk and disco. So it wasn't separate in the nineties. In the eighties, it was separate. In the nineties, it all got together, and then now it's separated in a whole different way. Like before, when it was separate, it wasn't far away. You can walk down the street from one place to the other. There but now go. it is. It yeah. feels like it's miles away. The mm. idea of both of the styles are just miles away. The idea of the music's are miles away. Even though, funny enough, hip-hop has gotten so electronic, 
Yes. That has gotten closer together, but the mentality has gone miles away. It's a, it's a weird thing that's happening. And I wanted to kind of get back together where it's fun again. I miss like CNC Music Factory and all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> yo, yo, for real. Um, come on, come on. I got the power. I got the power. Yo, front if you want. Listen to the lyrics in that song. It's actually, yo, he's actually a really fucking dope lyricist. That was one of my favorite songs. Back don't then. say this. What, don't 90, say that. Change your lyrics. Everybody's 92. a critic. It's getting kind of hectic. Even his flow. It's getting. It's getting. It's getting. Hey. Like it was. It was a really dope song. And this is what I mean. That yeah, hip hop was here. House was here. But we were still it's super right close. Yeah, right and at this time Listen in the nineties, it bells, was in the same yeah. place. Yeah. There's a really good article that was written by Dart Adams that kind of highlights this. Um, the 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 second transition of hip-hop from the first golden era yeah which was like 88 and then in 91 there was this kind of pushback between the idea of house being something that hip-hop wanted to be associated with yeah and then it was really punctuated and finalized by the new york kind of street rap persona that was hyper masculine and the same thing that c dolores tucker was warning us about so I'll, every I'll, episode, every episode. I'm on my C. Mega. Dolores Tucker <laughs> shit Dolores right now. Tucker was right. We, wait, C. Wait. Dolores Tucker was right. She Hold said on. this. Uh, gang violence. I black on black crime. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I've been doing a lot more reading on C. Dolores Tucker, and I'm noticing a lot of the same things. And that, and even in that, we just listened. He was just listening to the podcast. We uh, this podcast together from uh, Robin uh, D. G. Kelly. And, and he was talking about this certain group of people who were the black leaders who were trying to shape this growing communist insurrection and power front in, in Alabama. And it's the same shit. This, but the thing is, with C. Dolores Tucker, even though she was a slumlord and even though that she was uh, very much in front of a lot of things that would have prevented NWA, she was also just exactly the material conditions that represented black people at the time john singleton's movies are the same message that c dolores tucker was saying wow and baby c boy also ba made baby a show episode 149 148 147 146 145 ad nauseum <laughs> secret house against the world <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all, one day, Outside until the divine, somebody sits like, down and subscribe. has a conversation with me, let me write down this information. I want to lay it out. Baby Boy is the most racist black movie that I've ever seen, dog. <laughs> I hate you, Jody. And I love that shit. The way that Ving Rhames, like, Jody tried to tell <laughs> off Ving Rhames and shit, right? He tell off Ving Rhames, and he like... He like you ain't shit. I know they used to beat your son. And then, and yep. then when he closed his eyes... Ving Rhames run around the couch and put him in a headlock yeah. and lick. He licked the top of old yeah. Jody's old shiny ass yeah. head. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yo, he's singing about Coca Cola now. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, <laughs> yo, and then his mom come out and Jody got to play it off yeah. and shit all <laughs> fucked up. Yo, shout out to Ving Rhames. Shout out to the God. <laughs> hey man, Marcellus oh, Wallace. Come oh, on, my baby. God. Yo, but but uh, I'm gonna have a. There must be a requiem for this. There must be. A conversation about that. It's one of those political conversations that I do very much want to have. That's why you got to keep uh, <laughs> See? MLS See? going, man. He said he was. I don't do that political. on MLS, though. It is impossible for Mega to not be political. It's all political. You know why? It's all so political. You know why? Because to be hip hop 
is to be political. I don't know when that got lost. J. Cole, <laughs> you don't read books? <laughs> Yo, let's get back to house. Let's get back uh, to I'm house. I'm sorry. And I'm going to get in some political shit. I, with I house, got a question, right? too. Right, I got a question, right, too. Right, so right. wait, let me just mention this one extremely important thing Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field, the burning of disco, the destruction oh, of disco. Okay, okay. So that was the most important uh, moment in house music. This is pre house, but the most important moment in house music history. Why? Because they weren't burning disco, they weren't destroying disco, they were destroying black. Gay they were saying, music. We don't like these queer. Yeah, and especially like yo, they were burning Marvin Gaye albums, yeah. dude. Marvin wasn't disco. Marvin, they were just burning black music. So now, like I don't know this history. Yeah, you hear so me? The you, disco you didn't sucks. Know about the disco sucks. The disco sucks, sucks. Thing? No, so now I, they they no. call they call house music disco's revenge. Right, I've heard that. Yeah, house is disco's revenge, and that is the most important and because it's disco's revenge it's black music's revenge because as big as hip-hop is house if i'm being honest maybe equally as big because we talk about edm we talk about all these other little sub genres but it's all fucking house music right i think I think maybe the major distinction is that the vocal aspects of hip hop make it inherently, yeah, inherently uh, hip hop, like in in like kind of uh, indivisible from the the plight of the damned and detested Moors of the yep. West, you know. Whereas house is just like this is a good uh, yeah. dance. But we, it's funny because Madonna is big because of house music, even they though they don't label it. Like, is there so many of these huge pop stars that are huge? because of house music you can put any subgenre you want but at the end of the day it's house music and house is disco's revenge which is black music's revenge so all of that shit ends up falling under the category of just black music well everything black music how, anyway. how do you feel about <laughs> house music as it is now is it is it is well, it is something that is um kind of a, as monetized and controlled and commodified as i mean it couldn't be because hip-hop music is is the largest kind of most popular music genre right now maybe uh right uh, I, like, I, I mean I, I, I that's arguable that's arguable when it comes to house music because hip-hop is so stand out that you know it's hip-hop right but there's a lot of house shit that you listen to on a regular like this is not hip-hop and it's fucking house so if we're gonna go into afro house and click house and all of these different versions of house music that you go to berlin dude you're not gonna hear hip-hop you're gonna hear house music i you would prefer to, that I, I, I mean and this is this yo before anybody gets slick I fucking love hip hop. I grew up and I'm born to hip hop. So. I, know, I, I, uh, I know a little bit about hip hop stuff. So I did a hip hop. I have before. one more question though. Yeah. To to, add, to pile on that, how subversive can house be in this climate today when we're talking mm, about interesting the reactions of capital when it comes to um, the commodification of black? Well, culture. it's, Great it's funny because. Right now in the house world, it's like it's been in the past, the past 10 years of house world. All of these, the house pioneers as DJs are getting paid a fraction of what these white boys are getting paid. Yeah. A fraction. And then, the and white then, boys created it. Same and then day. These, these pioneers are not quiet about it. They're just like, who the fuck is that? Like, they're really like, who the fuck is this motherfucker? Like, pointing at his head. Like, <laughs> who's this motherfucker right here? And, I, and you know, so I think... While hip hop, there's 
it's almost unarguable about being black house has still has that little argument about if it being black and monetizing black music and all this stuff so it's we also got a lot of a a, a large segment of the american black community even global black community who are fiercely against the idea of anything other than a uh con conventional monogamous puritanical yeah. idea of relationships right yeah fiercely anti-lgbtq yo leave my girlfriend yeah. out of this man <laughs> so i don't know if they're gonna get that joke because i don't know if it was recorded the european mental european so it, it's um it, it's funny because you know there's a lot of a lot of black folks like you can go in the host club yeah, whatever. He he go to house club, he's gonna love it. And it's just I I don't know how to I don't know how to I don't have the vocabulary for this, I don't I think. Um different is always going to be pushed aside. And still to this day, because it's not the quote unquote norm, gay, trans, queer is different. And that's in every single group and class of folks that gay queer trans is different considering um my age i feel as though that i unraveled a lot of my kind of um aversion towards homosexuality and trans people and like i, I mean I, I i grew up around cats that like to call people um the fag yeah as yeah. as like a funny thing oh you're a you're a you're a, and and then yeah, and then F-word. and Beep it I, out. I, even even then i was kind of like Ugh. you know what i mean <laughs> like wh why uh, it, it's a little bit corny but but for you growing up around that community yeah. and also being older how so, quickly did you were, were you able to unravel that and do you still have oof. kind of fragments of that anti-trans you thing. saying a lot of words be like hey man terry are you homophobic no, no. Not, not even I, I mean just like but you right you basically right about Yo, it no I, I, I know you're not homophobic but i mean like no, I, I'm a, how I'm a, quickly I'm a did you get and away I, from that to be a straight male is to be homophobic in some sense or another right to be yeah. homophobic because if a dude grab my ass i'm like hey what are you doing you know I mean, but if a chick grab my ass i'm like hey do it again hey Right. Hey, you, watch out! My wife almost saw that. Can you rub it? Yeah. But you know, so to be a straight male is to be homophobic to a degree, and we can't avoid it. We can only do our best to deal with it and correct it when we notice it, and we should fucking notice it. But I still don't want nobody grab my ass. I don't want no random people grab my ass. Yeah, consent is key. <laughs> consent. Yeah. So, um, but I I think that. Now that I'm at this point in this world, like when I was younger, God, the first time I went to a house club, I think I was 17 and it might have been Club Shelter in New York City and The Shelter. And I remember. Yo, is The Shelter the club that DMX was in on the Get At Me Dog video? I don't know. I'm going to check that. 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 Unrelated, but shouts out to Shimokitazawa Shelter as well. <laughs> not the real shelter. <laughs> not, not the real shelter, but... But it provides shelter. It is, it is to Japanese independent rock music uh, what... Okay, yeah, now I know that shelter. The shelter would be... To house. To world. house, yeah. So, in the shelter, like, the shelter was predominantly gay. 
there's no way to avoid it i'm 17 <laughs> this story is gonna be good so <laughs> i'm in the club i'm rocking out 17 years old and this big dude is just like big prison gay dude <laughs> prison gay and i was like damn he kept following me he was is like, prison hey, gay the most frightening hey, form of gay for, hey, for black men <laughs> Hey, a uh, fifteen-year-old black man. I think is. I think it might be the most frightening form for for the the. Yeah, we could talk about all the cis was, black men. Right? Like, and he was like, "Hey, he why was like, you're not going to jail?" Today. He kept pushing up. He kept pushing up, and I was like, "Yo, I'm straight." And he said, "No." I said, "No, yo, I'm not gay." He said, "You don't know that." <laughs> oh my god! I feel like that's aggressive. Like, that's violent. Say the least. Man. And I was just like. Oh wow! This is how women feel. Uh, yeah. So that what was an enlightening that moment because yeah. uh, if moment. you come from the uh, hood with a lot of uh, Caribbean folks, Caribbean dudes will grab a woman by their arm oh, like yeah, this. Yeah. You you getting too much right Sorry. there, even with the example. <laughs> I'm like, I felt frightened. I was like, too protect me. You're too close. Like, and they, they literally would grab, and I'm just like. <laughs> And I grew up, and Flatbush is really Caribbean, so I grew up around that, and that was the quote-unquote norm. Right. It wasn't fresh. Even I thought, like, I said, how, how often does that work? That shit don't work a lot, right? So I thought it was corny, but it was a quote-unquote norm. And in that situation, it taught me something. It, it gave me perspective. It gave me a kind of the, like, pseudo-female perspective of being uh, harassed, sexually right. harassed by a man. And then it also gave me perspective of the gay world. Like, oh. Because after I was like, after he said that, he kind of left me alone. It wasn't like, raw. He just left me alone. I was just like, it's one right, of those. Go back it's one of those my, things, my, my though. It's very Socratic. He was like, you don't know that. You walked away like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yo, what's <laughs> funny is, I was and like. A lot like, of people might have come to find themselves in a moment like yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, word. And it's, and it's like, funny because that same club, that now. same night was my first night because I, I went to the shelter the first night it opened in 1992. That night, my cousin, who's a year older than me, came with me. And my cousin, unbeknownst to me at that particular time, was gay. So he Dumb. kept going out, and it. I think that club, that experience, changed his life and gave him a different perspective about who he was. Oh, While it, for me, I was like, "Whoa, hey, yeah. whoa!" But yo, I went back the next week though. <laughs> hey man, I can tell you, every time that I've ever been hit on by uh, a transgender person or or a gay person, I've always been flattered. <laughs> like, thank you. You well, notice you know, like, wow, seven, there's a lot of effort that goes into this. Seventeen, whole, even if it was a grown ass woman, I would probably be like, I'm a little scared at seventeen. Uh, sure, right? Sure. Right, right? But it was you know, this dude was bigger than you. Like, <laughs> I'm and telling like, you, I'm one of the scariest things. You said prison gay. I got the image <laughs> like, in my head. He I was, like it, and I want you. He was Debo. In hallway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. All right. A man's well, butt. But yeah, it gives well, you, <laughs> like, growing up and going to that world repeatedly gives you um, a perspective that you take back to the hood and you can see the wrongs that yeah. we do. In the hood, I have and from like even my brother, bless his heart, my brother is homophobic, like crazy. And I'm always telling him about his shit. Like, yo, you need to chill. They ain't paying no attention to you. And if they are, just say no and walk away. 
but he he can't let that shit go. I keep. Yeah. Can I, he's not violent, but can I tell you a story about Elder Sensei real quick? Shout out to Elder Sensei. Elder Sensei, incredible MC, and and you know he's he's also a man, so he's trying to do away with his homophobia. He he himself was just like we were having a conversation one night, me, him, Sarasa, Kathy, and Late, right? And we're all together, and he was just like, I just don't want like. Don't try to hit on me. Don't try to look at me, which is a common thing that a lot of people say um, when they're trying to explain how they're not homophobic or they are okay with it, but not okay I'm with not it. Racist. I have I'm not racist. I'm not right. I wouldn't bring it home. So, so he was yeah, just like, I, I just exactly. don't want them to hit on me. Yes. And I was just like, Liberal. why would they want? I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, well, I, uh, so, no, no, no. But, I, I play this off all the time to my friends when I hear this shit from people. I'm like, look, yo, I'm a professional fashion model. I'm a pretty dude, right? <laughs> you're good. Like you straight. But what I was trying to say is like late late said the funniest shit in front of them because it was saying all this home and I was trying to explain it away and try to be as kind as I can because I look at Elder Sensei as an OG. He's a person who's a famous person and amazing. So I was trying to like, you know, pull my punches on it and be as respectful as I can while not letting somebody do anything that I felt was wrong. And late was like, I'm in the gay shit. And that's all he said. He said, I'm in the gay <laughs> shit. And, and? Like, and he's like, I don't know. I was like, he's like, I'm just, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm in the gay shit. And then everybody got quiet. And I was like, that's my dog. <laughs> late. I, that's I know. Late. I love and, late. and late wasn't, he wasn't trying to be funny. He wasn't, he was just like, I'm in the gay shit. And meaning that, that he just fine with it, yo. I yo, miss my brother late, man. I wish he was here. Can I just say yo, one late. thing? Like this, it's funny that this, this conversation turned into this direction. I think it's so dope that four straight men are sitting here talking about homosexuality comfortably. Like that shit's a that's just amazing because in my generation, this would never oh, you're right. happen. This would never, and this is how far we've come with our thinking. Like you know, as fucked up as the world is now. I think that we've taken strides. Like we've You're taken right. super Definitely. strides in a lot of shit in the way that we think. And our kids will have an entirely cause yeah, when I was when I was a little kid, man, I've heard my my mother used to be super homophobic. Like I had to yeah. straight like me and her had to have a have a talk about my cousin who I was telling you about. She used to and I used to hear hear her say like sissy, he's a F word all this time. I, all the time, I would hear yeah. my mother say this. Yeah. Don't hold your hand like that. Don't stand like right? that. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Why you got your hands on your hips like Come that? On. Exactly. Yeah. Why are you doing double dutch? Yeah. Because double dutch is fun. <laughs> you know? Why are you wearing your sister's clothes, Mega? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you put hey, on my bra? I was feeling it. So, <laughs> it, it, I just think it's, it's, it's funny, but I mean, Personally, I've been comfortable with my sexuality. I'm a straight dude, and I've been personal, like I've been comfortable with my sexuality enough to be around gay people all the time, no problem. But I think it's dope that it's for straight. Well, I'm I'm assuming. Well, for straight, uh, correct. Well, I think yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty cis you know? for the most part. I guess. Uh, and I, I don't know. I'm attracted to women, yeah, so if I see yeah. a trans woman that looks beautiful, I'm like, damn, she looks yeah, fine. I've, I've been. Uh, I've been. That's, like, that's kind of where I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. And when I was younger, I was like, "Does that make me gay?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, apparently yes. But yeah, this is. This, I think this yeah. conversation yeah. station shows yeah. how far we've just come. 
as well, humans. Well, you are talking to maybe thinking. the three most leftist niggas in Tokyo. So. <laughs> 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 I didn't mention it earlier, but he is definitely a Marxist. No, leftist. I know. We have yeah. 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 had this conversation. Yeah. 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 Us yeah, two man. and Dorothy sitting yeah. around. Yeah. Like, yeah. Shout out to Dorothy. Yeah. Big up Dorothy Wong. Dorothy Wong. But I want to. I also want to say, and we'll wrap it up in a minute because I know you got to get out of here, Terry. Sorry. But this is one of the reasons I wanted to get us together, man, because all of my friends are dope and I wouldn't want to continue doing this mega late show if I kept on running to, to, to idiots corny and corny cats and, and cornballs. But every, it seems as though, there, though every person that I meet is dope. And that's why I wanted to get you on here tonight for 150 Terry, it's because laws of attraction, son, because you, you've also, <laughs> Terry, you've also introduced me to so many cats that have just enriched my life. Yinka. Yinka. I met at speakeasy. I, I, I mean, all of these people have really, you know what I mean? And I look at you, and I told you that I wasn't going to call you OG no more because I had young homies call me OG, and I felt a way about it. I'm like, hey, what the? Hold on. Hold on, dog. What do you mean OG? But I told you I'm not going to call you OG no more, and I'll, I maintain that. But what I do want to say is that, man, I, I value our friendship tremendously. Thank you, And I brother. think that what you do out here and what you've done with not only the dance community, but what you're doing for Japan for Black Lives is important and imperative. And also just your general perspective on life is always something that gives me a better perspective and a different vantage point in a different position. So thank you so much for joining me again today, my thank brother, you, man. man. I, more people need to hear your stories because this is a, when it comes to these two cultures, real, it, like actual hip hop culture and, and house music culture, the books haven't been written. Yeah, for real. The OGs haven't stamped it yet. For real. And even the shit that I get from um, the big payback and, and Can't Stop, Won't Stop, those are only partial yeah. historical records of what's going on here. And in fact, in Can't Stop, Won't Stop, he says a lot of negative things about C. Dolores Tucker. It, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. and it's funny is a lot of the people that write those books, it's like, you know those ant farms? It's like they're the human standing outside the ant farm looking at the ant farm, writing sure. the book about the ant farm. That's what they are. People, it's like, I, I don't know. It, it's funny. Someone, I, a, a few friends of mine, Rennie Harris, his name is Rennie Harris, and he has like the first real hip-hop dance company in the United States that gets funded by uh, lots of organizations. But he gets grants to research literally to research himself to do shows he gets paid <laughs> and i hey. i was like shit i really hey, that's a hustle right there myself every night son <laughs> <laughs> no. all day by myself <laughs> but like on that note we don't we don't really we're just living in these shells we're living these lives we're not really, we're just living. We're not researching ourselves and going, very few of us go and write books after, you know. Mm. We're just fucking yeah. living. And if I'm being real, I don't, as a dyslexic, <laughs> writing a book for me would be like pulling teeth. Um, and to, to, re to sit down and research and go through all of that stuff and relive the traumas that we lived through because we have to also remember that the shit that we've lived through is traumatic sometimes for us living in the life to go and do that and sit and write a book is difficult mm -hmm. 
it's really that's difficult. why this this whole mega late show has been kind of an ethnographic approach of finding about the culture here in tokyo like i'm in it i'm living it i'm talking about it i'm sharing it and through cats like you and kenbo and kensuke and and india davenport and all india. of these people all of these people who are here and doing things um dj quiet uh quiet storm like these are cats that are of the culture and this this mega late show is never going to go off of the internet if i if i have any say in it because i feel like these conversations are important yep. and i still haven't peeled back all of the layers of brooklyn terry that i really want to get to <laughs> in fact I, I i i had the questions that i wanted to ask and yep. some of the things i want to talk about i didn't i didn't even get to get to it today but da, da, da. which, uh, which uh, i said i had a question we didn't pull up on it he so got a, he got to leave up, in seven up. minutes all right cool this is uh, so you were in my hometown of london uk last yeah. year many many times actually many many times IG culture. big up ig um and you talked about the separation of hip-hop from house yep um, and I feel like the UK hip hop culture is still very intrinsically tied to both house and dance Absolutely. music culture. You know, grime obviously comes from UK garage. Yep. Like, and that UK garage culture is garage. a form of dance music. Garage. Yep. Garage. So, so that's why I want to know your opinion. My like, opinion, first of all, grime, bass, broken beat. Garage, or as I would say, garage. It's fucking dope. Where your grandma from? The UK's, and I'm not even gonna talk about the white UK contribution. The black UK's contribution to house music is extreme because without the UK, house would have died. You house was made in Chicago, skipped past the New York, went to the UK, blew the fuck up came back to New York, found different routes, and then traveled around the world, right? So what UK what the UK does because it had a grasp of and the UK has this crazy love for black music anyway. <laughs> had a grasp We of exist. <laughs> <laughs> We're black we British. We're it's a different experience. No, I'm talking, about, I'm we talking exist. about the white UK has a crazy love. I mean, you know, think about the Rolling Stones. Sure. Yeah. You know? They're named after a song by muddy waters so but like so what happened was the roots of house music dug in so deep right alongside the roots of hip-hop dug in so deep which is also right alongside of reggae and dancehall so i think that musical experience sometimes in the uk can be richer than that of the huge ass United States, but not by size alone, because the UK is just like the fucking island that took over the world and fucked up the whole planet. But yes, it's a whole different my story. bad. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, we blame you specifically. <laughs> right? But blame a British Jamaican it's, it's dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunately, super rich. Yeah, I right? gotta it's, direct this anger somewhere. Yeah. It's super rich, like all of the little subgenres, and I think a lot of the subgenres that we hear in the states or around the world when it comes to house and even hip hop can be corny in comparison to the stuff that's like your grime is awesome yeah, yeah, yeah. and i've been listening to what's what's that before it was grime um shit i forgot the hip-hop group's name so solid roots crew. maneuver roots, roots maneuver. maneuver the big roots maneuver when i heard roots maneuver for the first Rodney, time i was like Ilkson shut Smith. the fuck up really and roots maneuver had of course the caribbean not caribbean jamaican flavor Damn. and it had hip-hop flavor 
and some of the fucking tracks were like electronic and housey and it was just everything i knew in one bowl and i was like brand new second hand and then and then grime took over and at first i was just like "Mm, lyrically grime is kind of corny that was in the beginning because I was used to Roots Maneuver, which was no joke. But then they grew, and they grew, and they grew, and they grew. And now, oh my, oh my. Like, so yeah, I am 100. Sometimes, the last time I was in London, I said, I told London, like, yo, you guys' music is way better than New York. And my friends will kill me if they heard me say <laughs> that. <laughs> and it's the truth, though. It's the truth. So, yeah. I've, and I've, I've been to co-op. You know co-op, you too young. There's a co-op just around the corner from my house. <laughs> so <laughs> from my See, mom's I house. Can, I can give you some IG culture. You should check IG culture. IG culture okay. is one of you guys' biggest, biggest. Like he's produced for some of the best artists on the planet. And he was all this lo-fi beat making before this machine existed. So IG is the bomb. And that's my home. That's right, young buck. He's we actually need- one of the pioneers of broken beat music. Big up IG culture. Instagram culture. Go get on Instagram. <laughs> figure it out. Hey, man. I mean, we, we would need multiple hours and multiple episodes to really get the perspective that I want to get from Terry. But we're going to wrap it up here because Wait. it's been a long ass episode. I got to give us, I got to give some shout outs to like, oh, I, I mean, I'm going to, so. uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to give everybody just Free an opportunity promos. to do their, uh, their plugs. Plug, but first, plug, plug. I want to let you guys know that all the beats on this episode are brought to you by Soul Dope 95. Soul.dope.95. You can find them on Instagram and also his YouTube channel easily just type it in there also my new shirt that i have here which was created by our guy david oh, whitaker cop, from the soul food house um i make black history support Dude. local and independent music support today, local baby. and independent art support local and independent industry seize the means of production seize the mean mug seize all of the things that you can seize seize the sea throw people out the window and <laughs> and i want you guys to go check out japan for black lives which is an organization that terry helped found with my homegirl naomi kawahara um, let's get some social media implications. Okay. I'll- also, I'm your man, Grand Mega Flowers, Master of Quality, Guna La. <laughs> Find me, Secret House Against the World. Um, yeah, 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 yeah bust so, it. All right. So, first, my shirt that I have on, this is all of the projects in Brooklyn that all of these great MCs came out of. And we are doing this through a company called corner deli store me and my man k cuts so please Damn, i gotta buy check another it out. shirt check it out check it out um next thing is i am my parties i should i should shout yeah, out yeah please parties. do please do the you next 619 speakeasy. juneteenth 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 isn't speakeasy but juneteenth at edition in aoyama juneteenth at edition i think probably by the time this comes out it's gonna be <laughs> no, this come out in like two days okay dope juneteenth which is June 19th, for those that don't know, edition Aoyama. Uh, Nick, after that, I'll be playing at, uh, what is it? The Room Cafe at Stream on July 3rd. A stream, like that big outside place in that little courtyard and stream. And the big, big event, Speakeasy TYO. It's not until October. It's October 3rd. So it's third to fourth. That's I'm going to let y'all know about these night. shows in the future, hella in the future. But the Juneteenth one, definitely I'm going to keep shouting out. Get to that one immediately. Get to it. So the we're camping. 
the speakeasy. It's oh, a camping. There. It, we're camping Uh-oh. overnight. Abunai. Abunai there. And it's in it's in Chiba. It's in Chiba. It sounds fun. It looks great. Ocean's camp in Torami. Torami. So yeah, that's what I got going on now. I'll send all the plugs to this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll reshare it on the joints. You know, I'll let you guys know when it's going down. Who's next? Jet Axel. Jet Axel. I don't like that. That's your real name. It's so hard. I got to be like really? Grand that's Mega Flowers. Jet Axel. That's my birth that's name. On his so my birth certificate. Yep. How fucking cool were your parents? They named Very. Me Terry Wright, the fucking most English corny I, name. Terry. Terry I don't want to give my parents right. too much props Wait, because I a... talked about fucking a girl earlier on on the channel, and sometimes <laughs> my parents watch this shit. Mom, hey. Dad, I love you. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you know what I get up to. Your uh, son's fucking a girl. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Premarital uh, sex. At, at Jet Axel, aka Death, Death Black Hell, aka Stacks Paper Mill Junior, aka Skeng Beautiful. Uh, fuck with me. Type. Four. Are you doing that? Are you doing uh, yeah, that? we'll do type right. four. Fuck it. Type underscore underscore four. Uh, cool. I need to use the bathroom. Peace. <laughs> bet, bet, bet. <laughs> Enjoy the toilet. I got to use it too, actually. I'm glad you, you didn't go to the loo. But yeah. All right. Well, my name is my name, man. I keep it short, man. Maurice L. Shelton at Instagram. You can find me anywhere. Maurice Shelton on Twitter. I retweet. I lurk. I hunt trolls. <laughs> Unapologetically black. Word. Unambiguously black. Word. I'm ambiguously black. Yeah. I'm pro black, not anti black. Anti anti black. Yeah. So <laughs> fuck with me, babies. <laughs> all my kids out there that are listening, you know, hey, don't use the bad words, daddy, and all the other men we're using, okay? It's use okay. them when you get older. Yeah, just use them when you get to be my age, okay? <laughs> if you're lucky enough, okay? All right. And everybody else watching, please keep watching, keep supporting the struggle. Mega Late Show. Grand Mega Flowers. Y'all know the vibes. Shout out to Monkey D. Hey, that's my dog. (laughs) Subversive. See? (laughs) We can eat as much as we want every day, man. Fuck capitalism. Yo. Yes. I like that punctuation. Capitalism is just another name for white supremacy. Yeah, man.